Well, hello, Bible Love listeners. Welcome back to our second episode on Ecclesiastes with the Reverend Dr. Alexis Carter-Thomas. So glad you're with us again. We had such a great conversation last week, and I'm excited to keep digging in. This week, we're going to cover 8 through um, 12 through the end of the this very short book, but has lots going on in it. So just a tiny little recap. We Last week, we talked about this chasing the wind and, and what life is really all about. And it made me think of a prayer. And this is how I want to um, start this out. So the Lord be with you. And also with you. I'm going to try to remember it, Lord. Life is short and we don't have much time to hasten the ones that we love, to care for them. So be swift to be kind, Mm. be swift to love, and always travel with us, Lord, in this short life, so that it may be full of your glory. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. got it a little bit wrong, but that's okay. You got the point. All right. Mm-hmm. Alexis, I heard you. Let's talk about eight through 12. Um, uh, thank you. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being with yes, us. That's the Bible love. I am a fan and glad to be here. And we're going to jump into eight. I want to start with the key verse of eight. So opens with kind of continue from seven and we have this talk of the king and commands an oath, but let's look at, I think our time might be better spent in eight fifteen. Mary Balfour, what does your version say? Eight fifteen. So it says, so I'm convinced that a man should enjoy himself because the only pleasure he has in this life is eating and drinking and enjoying himself. He can at least do this as he labors during the life that God has given him in this world. Yes. What is yours? And I can enjoy for man has nothing better under the sun than to eat and drink and be joyful for this will go with him in the toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. Hmm. Two different interpretations, but still, that same thought of, you know, there is parts of life that we need to enjoy ourselves and um, we can do this as we labor through the life that God has given us. Yes. Yes. And just the famous part about eat, drink and be merry, like coming from this, um, an older version of it, eat, drink and be merry. And as we return to Ecclesiastes, I wanted to start there because as a reminder of that's what Kohelet the philosopher is telling us, the teacher is saying, I've tried, I've tried various things under the sun, wise, enjoyable. I've, I've delighted in pleasure. He uses the word pleasure um, in the English version. Um, pleasure or English translation is the word pleasure. This sense I've tried pleasure. I've seen righteous folks. I've seen wealthy. I've seen foolish. And yet at the end of the day, because there is no life beyond death and we all humans, beasts return to dust. The best we can do is eat, drink, 
and be joyful, be merry. <laughs> For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. If you're going to live, might as well live to the fullest. This would be Kohelet's version of the abundant life, <laughs> of that life-giving life. Like, make the most of it. When I applied my heart to know wisdom, verse 16, and to see the business that is done on earth, how neither day nor night do one's eyes sleep, then I saw all the work of God that man can not find out the work that is done under the sun. Goes back to we only know in part, like the sense of though there might be a turning in our hearts, God, God holds this full revelation. However, much man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out. Even though a wise man claims to know, he cannot find it out. So, yeah, you want to pause there? Yeah. Well, no, I was just thinking, I mean, even the wisest of us who think that we know it all, you know, really, we don't know. And I know that the writer of Ecclesiastes doesn't know what happens in heaven, and we haven't gotten to heaven yet in, in all of this. But I do have this sense of, like, sometimes I want the answers, but I can't have the answers and I'm okay with the mystery of it because in my heart, I don't know if that will matter when we get to heaven. You know, I'm not sure it will, you know, I think, I don't know. I've been to heaven. This is just like something that sometimes is in me. Um, And so there's freedom in what he's saying. I think of like, we don't know all the answers. It kind of gives me freedom to be, okay with that mystery that I am more and more okay with in my walk with Jesus, um, that it's okay to not know it all. Yeah. And I think in Kohelet's like invitation to mystery is saying like, we don't know, but what we see are humans and bees returning to dust. And we see that to everything, there's a season. We see the righteous and the wealthy having hard things, hard things of life. We see tears still. We see, you know, (laughs) we see this hardship and heartbreak, even to those who seem to live well. And we see sometimes the foolish people prospering. And so eat, drink, and be merry. That like, there might, there might be mystery for Kohelet, but it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. But what I do know is make the most because it's all vanity. It's all vapor. Yeah. You're going to be forgotten about verse. I mean, chapter nine. This since um, my, the New Revised Standard titles this, um, frames this as death comes to all. Oh. <laughs> Which is a part of it, like that's sin true, for all. true statement, right? It does. That's nope. it. Escape Bottom line. So it's an arc, right, Mary Balfour, going back to this opening of poetry of vanity of vanity. All is vanity. And then to, I tried these things, right? Like, I tried these experiments, and I found it was like chasing wind to those who are wise, to those who are wealthy, to those who do, you know, work oppression, it's all evil. But now we're moving to the arc of why it's all vanity of vanities, because death comes to all. Opening of chapter nine, but all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil. Key, key argument of Kohelet. Like, why it's all vanity? Going back to vanity is not a sense of pride, but vanity, the sense of like meaning, meaninglessness, emptiness, 
of life. It's life is but a vapor, literally in the Hebrew. It's have like the sense of vapor. And so if life is that, why why is life that? One, because death comes to an all. Or as he says previously, we're all returning to the dust. Right. So as he says in two, it is the same for all. And then at the end of that, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner. And he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is under the sun, that the same event happens to all. What's that event? Death, death, the end. The end for Kohelet happens to all. Also, the hearts of children of men are full of evil and madness is in the hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. They go to the dead. So um, it's, it's, it's a very... Feels very human, right? It is human. Very, and so it it, is what human. he's saying is because this is going to be life, because you, you, you still just got to eat, drink, and be merry and enjoy yourselves. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and I don't want to say, like, well, crap's going to happen. Just go. You know, I don't mean that. But again, in the context of where we are in the Hebrew Bible, like, we haven't gotten to that part that makes us a little different than what who the people were during this time and that's mm. Jesus right and part of it for the Hebrew Bible the idea is if your people and your ancestors who and the thought that this is post-exilic post-Solomon and it's someone trying like post the temple and these things like where your people your ancestors have been carried off to Babylon right. they have seen their land burned their families destroyed. They have been in captivity, planting vineyards in someone else's land, like literally toiling in someone else's land, planting vineyards, making bricks, whatever they were doing. And so to say that, like, that has been part of your heritage, inheritance, wealth, like you've seen the temple burn that people have labeled, you know, your ancestors labored for. And so vanity, right. go ahead. This is not new news to them, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what I hear you saying. Like they yeah. experienced this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've experienced some like dire situation in captivity, whether it's been hunger or family separations, like that saying to them, there's a time and season for everything would not, you know, they would be like, yep, I might live on one side of that like binary right now because not, I'm not feeling the joy, I'm not feeling the laughter. And yet we felt that and we know it exists, but I mean, it, it's this, it's this real, that's gritty. It is cynical. It is sometimes not hopeful, but it's, and, and I don't like to say it's not hopeful or to say it's cynical may be too simplistic, but it's real. I think saying it's a probably idea. It's, it's realistic is what I hear you saying. This is a part of life that, that wouldn't have been a surprise to them. In verse five of nine, for the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing and they have no more reward for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. Ooh, that's like a whole sermon in that. Yeah. I was just saying. We all are the same, right? We all are the same. The same event happens. It's the sameness. So verse two, we're all the same. Verse three, the same event happens, which is death. 
Get to verse five, living know you're going to die, the dead is dead. And all the stuff you worked for, all the evil, the grievous parts of oppression, they're going to die with you. And even your memory. Seven, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart for God has appro- already approved what you do. You know, not, not quite Proverbs there. Not quite to focus on, you know, seeking the Lord. Um, there's wisdom, right? Like in the sense of Proverbs, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But here it's like, God has given you. It's almost more practical. It is practical. Yes. So it is real and practical. It is earth. Like you, when you said it's human, it is. It's this real, it's this realness. It's not meant to be like, oh, this is awful. We don't have eternal life, you know, or all we, we're going to go back to the dust, but it's meant to be like, this is our reality. So guess what? Go eat your bread and drink, you know, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine. Nine, enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun, whatever your hand finds to do it, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom to shield in which you are going. I think about 10 is often on like encouraging like graduation cards or like prayers or, Hey, you got a new job, whatever it is, whatever your hand finds to do it, do it with your might. Or like, I think my youth pastor used to say that in high school, but I'm like, context here is not the same as the greeting card. (laughs) Pull it out again and, and crochet it or, or needle point it or whatever. Yeah. We love it. Cause Kohala is saying, whatever your hand, do it with all your might, do the experiments I, I did, you know, like, God has already approved of your merry heart. Go live, go live. Like literally this is like, yeah. Um, it makes me think of popular a few years ago, YOLO, you only live once. And it was like, go, go live. That is, that is Kohelet's mantra. You only live once. Okay. It. Let's, let's keep moving. But I, I uh, verse 11 and nine. And we'll move to 10. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not the swift, is not to the swift, nor the battle to to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. So this theme of all, it's, it's the same end, the same event of death. And guess what? Time and chance, right? If you believe chance happens to them all, he's like, don't just focus on being righteous all the time. Don't focus on your righteous checklist. If folly's, what is it? If folly's going to happen, if riches, intelligence, it's not just to the good. Chances happens to all. It's also gonna, important go to ahead. Alexis, on that word all. So in a time where we can be so divisive and, you know, whatever it is, racial inequality, um, sexual inequality, whatever those things are, I mean, even in Ecclesiastes, we're talking about the all. We're not set. Everyone deserves or has these lives. Everyone goes through these things, regardless of your race or your sexuality or whatever it may be. And so it gives me, actually, I find comfort and hope in this. And then mm-hmm. the writers then knew that we were all people who suffer and have injustice some more than others for sure i'm yeah. not finishing that but that word right. is very very important to me mm. it's good yes yeah 
Yes, yes. Well, and there's more of that. Preaching for us on a on a September morning. <laughs> We're having good ser- I mean, Kohala had some good sermons. You don't have to fully agree, but what life happened to you? You're like, you know what? There's sometimes sitting with the book of Ecclesiastes can be comforting and being like, especially I think in some Christian spaces where it's thought that like, if you just would have done this, you wouldn't be in this situation. If you would have prayed and sought the Lord and read more scripture, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. be here, right? Or you are here and you're doing well and you're thriving and flourishing in your work because God, God has been good to you. Dangerous there. So Kohelet gives us says like, hey, we're gonna go to ten. We got we got some more poetry here. More talk of wisdom and foolishness. It's almost entirely entirely poetry. Mm-hmm. Um. I think metaphors, a lot of metaphors in tune, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Dead flies can make a whole bottle of perfume stink and a little stupidity can cancel out the greatest wisdom, you know, or if I think an eight, if you dig a pit, you fall in it. If you break through a wall, a snake bites you, you know, like it's, it's got Mm -hmm. that. um, It does. As well. Yeah. So yes, these, Kohelet seems to like that, like these kind of contrast and sometimes statements that like kind of take, make you, you know, kind of step back, make you feel taken aback. What does your 19 say? Uh, 19 says feasting makes, and this is in chapter 10, I assume. Uh-huh. Yes, 10. Happy and wine cheers you up, but you can't have either without money. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that's like such an interesting verse. Bread is made for laughter and wine gladdens life and money answers everything. Mm-hmm. But we're going to continue this kind of poetic chat. I want to spend some more time on 12 today. But like as we move into 11, that that's also a popular, a popular kind of quoted passage from Ecclesiastes here. Cast your bread upon on the waters for you will find it after many days give a portion to seven or even to eight for you know not what disaster may happen on earth if the clouds are full of rain they empty themselves on the earth and if a tree falls to the south or to the north in the place where the tree falls there it will lie he who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not breathe hmm yeah, these these poetic pieces of Kohelet are quite yeah. thoughtful, and yet not the not the traditional proverbs of biblical wisdom. Very different, and so interesting <laughs> that it's right backed up with proverb. You know, like it's so interesting in that. Before mm-hmm. twelve, the very end of eleven, and I see yes. through twelve. Um, mine is marked as advice to young people. So I'm sitting here thinking, do I need to read this to my youth group on Sunday? <laughs> yeah. Where does yours, where is yours? In verse nine of 11, young people enjoy your youth. Be happy while you're still young. Do what you want to do and follow your heart's desire. But remember that God is going to judge you for whatever you do. Don't let anything worry you or cause you pain. You aren't going to be young very long. There's Kohelet for you. Very true. Go do it. I'm like, ooh, that's a nice, like, graduation Sunday sermon. Yeah, but sometimes I wake up and I think, how the heck am I 46 years old? So, 
I think there is mm. some truth in you aren't going to be young forever or very long. Like that is wisdom in that. And um, but he does point us back to the creator, um, at least in my mm-hmm. point in time. Yes. So yeah, that's where we're going. Yep. While you're still young, before those dismissal days and years come when you will say, I don't enjoy life. So at this time, when you are footloose and fancy free, remember that God is there and God is, is, is the person who created the sun and the stars and the moon and, you know, all of those mm-hmm. and those rain clouds that come along in life. And the rain clouds. Yes. Um, so, yeah, 11 starts with like, yeah, there's there's. The earth, there's still vanities, right? He's getting at continuing this poetic form of saying like, eh, we're still going to get at all this is vanities. The earth may be on, but disaster will happen. Death will come. And then right before the youth part is um, verse eight. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. And then we move to the youth part. Like, so I do think that's an interesting contrast. It's this sense of um, these metaphors for life. We're going to move to straight talk now. Like, live, live your life well. Do what you need to do. Yeah. All is vanity. But while you're young, live it up. Like, even more, right? Go, it it's like, go, go live it up. There'll be judgment, you know, but <laughs> live it up. Live it up. Okay. Let's look at 12, which is an interesting narrative and closing to the book. We have this framing that we have, we see in chapter one, where we have a narrator and a narrator returns to close out after the words of Kohelet, but also there's scholarly debate about the ending, parts added later. It doesn't quite line up with all of these things we've read and discussed beforehand about vanity, life being vapor, oil, not producing much fruit, um, not long-lasting fruit, that is. And so verse 12, Mary Balfour, will you open? I mean, chapter 12, will you read us your version of, let's go one through two. So remember your creator while you're still young, before those dismal days and years come when you will say, I don't enjoy life. That is when the light of the sun, the moon, and the stars will grow dim for you, and the rain clouds will never pass away. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like drawing to a close of this. Like we've had this arc of like all is vanity, but hey, I've just focused on death returning to dust, the same being the end for all. But there's almost this step back. Okay, I've said all these things. We're going to have the same end. Oh, but youth, youth, while you have it, I'm not saying, yep, you're going to get to death. Everybody's going to get there. But make the most of the time you have, right? Um, Before the evil days come. (laughs) Mine says, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return to rain. Jump with me to... There's some good images here. Let's go to five. Go ahead and read um, five and five through eight, and then we'll pause there, Mary Balfour. You will be afraid of high places, and walking will be dangerous. Your hair will turn white. You will hardly be able to drag yourself along, and all desires will be gone. We're going to our final resting place, and then there will be mourning in the streets. 
The silver chain will snap and the golden lamp will fall and break. The rope at the well will break and the water jar will be shattered. Our bodies will return to the dust of the earth and the breath of life will go back to God who gave it to us. Useless, useless, said the philosopher. It's all useless. Useless. So yes, my vanity of vanity says the preacher, all is vanity. So the sense of like, let's make sure the youth, youth get their part. Let's make sure to remind people it's all vanity. Like man is going to his eternal home. So there's some pieces here that scholars will say like, don't quite fit. Like there are parts of Kohelet and we have the first person in the opening of 12. And then that seems to shift back to the narrator who we met at the opening that told us the preacher or philosopher, son of David, king of, king of Jerusalem. And so we, we are getting back to that in verse nine being besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly, he wrote words of truth. So we have a narrator closing out the book. Some will say this is added specifically because of where we're moving, um, where how it ends is so incongruent with the other with the other advice that Kohelet has shared and what his experiments have produced. Verse eleven: The words of the wise are, wise are like goads, and like many. Like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books, there is no end. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. Here's where things go awry, sort of. Verse 13. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret secret thing, whether good or evil. This is the first we hear of commandments. This is not the most like book in line with the Pentateuch or the Torah of law and Deuteronomy, where some of our other, we get glimpses of those in Proverbs. Even in the Psalms, there's some sense of like, there's order, there's a law, there's God, you know, we don't even get the actual name of God, we get this Elohim, a broader sense of God in this text. And so to end it and say, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, doesn't align with the larger vision of vanity, of toil, of going back to the dust, right? Of eating, drinking, and being merry, right? It's like, no, we've been told to eat, drink, and be merry and make the most of life. Now we're told. So there's a lot of scholarly debate about how this in, when it was added, who came back in and revised either revised what was written or added they needed a little summary or something yeah which happens often in biblical books right like later writers scrolls they find them and they're like oh this doesn't fit or oh if this is going to be included how do we make sure this has a little more um uh-huh yeah yeah we need to authorize it, validate it. What would Solomon really say? Solomon would say, fear God. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, we get some fear of the Lord in here, but we still get fear of the Lord. Uh, can be good, but doesn't make you any better than anyone. And all the same will happen. Whereas traditional wisdom says, like, no, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And 
It's wisdom and it's worthy of pursuit. And so to end here, to talk about God and God's commandments and even just verse 10, what does yours say, Mary Balfour? Verse 10 of 12. Verse 10 says, the philosopher tried to find comforting words, but the words he wrote were honest. Yeah. And, you know, I guess it comes back to, again, that raw truth and that honesty that sometimes we need to hear. And I don't know, Alexis, you've really helped me kind of open up Ecclesiastes some because, you know, like everybody, I I love that chapter three, you know, and all of that. But I do think that sometimes, and I, I think I said this even to you when we were talking about my grandmother, that Sometimes we're so afraid of like being of hurting people or, you know, which we need to be sensitive. I'm, I, please don't hear me wrong, but we don't know how to have those raw truths all set in love. And the writer of Ecclesiastes is doing that, I think, you know, um, and, and some good life advice, all sort of in this poetic or literature type fashion, but also like the real hard truths that we need to know. Um, Because I think we can get too caught up and be like, why is that happening? Why is that happening? But really, that is life. It is. That is life. And it's hard sometimes. Believe me, Alexis and I have experienced it. Everybody Mm -hmm. who's listening has experienced it. It can be challenging and hard. It really can. But acknowledging the truth of that may not be the worst thing ever, you know? Yeah. One commentator, Mary Balfour, I thought was interesting, said, why is a normal life when things are going well? Like, why do we normalize things going well as life? That's how we think of life. Like when we're like, oh, she has a good life or she's happy. But it's like, there's this normalized sense of if your life is happy, there's good. You don't have any illness. Your marriage looks like this. You have 2.5 kids. Like even that we have this idea of what normal happiness looks like or prosperity or fulfillment and that Ecclesiastes, often when we push back from it, it calls in a question like, are those the things that make our lives? We can believe in internal life and still hold dear that like, uh, there can be some vanity. There can be some like emptiness to putting our hope and defining our lives by such things. Yeah, I think even the healthiest people in the world, spiritually, physically, you know, in communion with God. There's no way to not have these moments of life. So maybe normal are the hard things in life, right? And why do we want to just sweep them under the rug when actually they're the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. appreciate much more Ecclesiastes and understanding it much more in that, mm-hmm. um, that it's not all fluff all the time and we need to be real about that we need to understand that you know alan has not been with us on this recording because he is doing something really real today that's hard you know with a parishioner and that is the truth of life it doesn't mean god's not there doesn't mean god's not walking with us but we have never been promised all rainbow and sunshine and goodness right yeah Um, And so I I appreciate this book and I appreciate you, Alexis. Mm -hmm. Um, I am so excited for the people of the Church of the Resurrection to get to hear a little bit more from you. So Mm -hmm. again, I encourage the folks in Greenwood come be with us on Wednesday nights in September. Um, 
but I thank you over and thank over. you again and listeners remember as always we love you but most importantly God does <laughs> <laughs>